Namaste. My name is Ashwini. Welcome to another episode of Growth Fit Interview Series brought to you by Custom Fit AI. Custom Fit AI enable marketers and sales professionals to customize their website content without code changes to showcase the right value proposition. It's super simple, just three steps. You have to install their Chrome extension, go to the website and customize your content and generate the shareable links and track the visits. Today, we have Guido Jensen with us. Hi, Guido, and welcome Hello, to our good show. Good day. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. Guido is a global business and technology evangelist of Spiker System and host and producer of the famous podcast. I am also one of the follower of this podcast, CRO Cafe. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> He's joining us from Netherlands and uh, it's one of our favorite countries. So it's it's gives me a great pleasure to have you and i think it, today's session is going to be a lot about experimentation testing and convergence i'm happy to start i, with I would your expect journey. so yes <laughs> <laughs> so happy to start with your journey we do like you started with convergence a long back and what was mm -hmm. that one thing you found very interesting to go for and how did you move ahead in your journey so far so tell us about something about uh, spiker systems and uh, how how is CRO Cafe going? Sure, um, yeah. Well, I started my uh, my journey uh, in college with uh, when studying psychology. I studied um, the, the official title was applied cognitive psychology, uh, which is more about the the usability of things and um, and er economics, uh, cognitive economics. So not necessarily um, the the physical economics. So how easy something fits in your hand or uh, how high your desktop monitor is. That's that's more the physical side of uh, economics. Uh, I studied more the the cognitive side of that. So um, how easy is it on some uh, for, for something to re to remember or to recall if that's needed? Um, or um, you can think of uh, how easy it is um, for uh, to order a ticket at a train station, the ticketing machine. Uh, do people get, and, and uh, you get people with different languages, how do you support that? And uh, wayfinding in an airport, an uh, airport you have uh, a lot of different languages, a lot of different cultures, so uh, you cannot always, or you cannot use language for everything, uh, because the language doesn't always work for everyone. You need icons and uh, other ways to direct people to the to the right uh, right gates. Um, so that's basically basically my background. And I always apply this uh, to e-commerce, uh, to web shops, um, and in um, in college, uh, uh, doing this, you do a lot of experiments, you do a lot of user research, and there's a lot of statistics uh, involved there. And that basically was, uh, although college didn't do anything about online or <laughs> or, uh, or or e-commerce, uh, it was a perfect uh, perfect base for me to start uh, doing user research there. And, uh, yeah, the journey so far, um, I've worked on both the uh, agency side and the client side uh, for for Zero for the past uh, uh, 15 years. Uh, and the last couple of years, been focused on um, on building teams that do this, building teams that uh, that work on on Zero and and growth. Um, and uh, indeed, I, I currently work for Spryker Systems. It's a bit of a different job. It's not not necessarily about uh, A/B testing. It's about uh, gathering feedback uh, from from the community. Uh, for Spryker, Spryker is an e-commerce uh, platform. Uh, for the past 13 years, I've been heavily involved with uh, the e-commerce platform Magento, um, but now I made a made a big switch to uh, to Spryker. Uh, that's more a bit more focused on the on the enterprise market, 
and there's a different way of working where Magento is more of a monolithic system. Uh, Spryker is way more focused on um, on composable uh, uh, on composed business and, and package business capabilities. That's, that's more um, that it doesn't have much to do with zero um, uh, itself. Um, but yeah, I still do. Like you mentioned, I still do the Shiro Cafe uh, podcast, and that's really uh, really fun uh, fun to do. Basically, uh, and you might have the same experience. It's a, it's a, like a weekly uh, talk you can have with with someone, and it feels a bit like you can have you can just invite everyone, anyone, and uh, with any luck they say yes, and then you can have an hour free consulting. <laughs> you can ask them anything. It's, it's it's really fun to do, especially especially uh, right here in the Netherlands. We're now in lockdown. So uh, you don't get out uh, much to uh, to those events. So that's a, a perfect opportunity to uh, stay up to date with uh, with the current trends in the industry. And I think it's a, a great opportunity to learn also uh, from each and everyone. Yep. I think there's, uh, from my experience, there's uh, always at least one takeaway that that is really really essential and relevant to uh, what job you're doing right now. What yeah, and, uh, right and previously, I, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, going uh, to events and and talking at events and going on stage, and then um, that really helps to um, to 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 uh, structure your own thoughts. I mean, if you want to give a presentation about something, you need to have well, at least I <laughs> I want to have like a, a structured way of thinking about uh, the the topic I'm presenting about. Then um, it, it it forces you to take a step back and, and think about uh, things a bit uh, further. And then when you're at the event, um, hopefully you get people. Hey, we do this uh, same way or similar way or completely different way, and that's a great opportunity to learn. So just uh, talking about these these kind of things and discussing this is uh, for me personally, it's, it's a great method of of de uh, um, uh, developing uh, developing yourself. That's, that's true. I can totally relate. So would you like to share some wins uh, or your failures in experimentation? I think failures is the biggest thing that is that is repeated every each, at each and every step. Yeah. What was your learning from that? Uh, any do's or don'ts you suggest for uh, the CRO fellow marketers? Like? Yeah, I think the, the biggest learning when you start in Shiro, the, 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 the thing you need to learn first is that you can handle failures, right? <laughs> <laughs> you need to be very comfortable uh, with that. Otherwise, this is not going to be uh, the job for you. Um, if you. If you start validating those uh, things, and then, then you see a lot of things either don't do anything or even worse, they um, they uh, perform um, uh Something in the in in opposite direction that, that you want them uh, uh, to move. So yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Yeah, in terms of uh, fails, uh, not necessarily um, or wins. I'm very um, don't talk about specific um, experiments. I don't think that's the most interesting. But more you know, on on a bit higher level, I think uh, definitely in, in the beginning of the uh, of my zero uh, career, I focused way too much. On, on the experimentation itself and the, and the process itself. I've, I've always been, I've seen others make the mistake that only focus on, on A-B testing, for example. Um, um, I think because of my background in, in psychology and usability, I didn't have that. I didn't. I always included usability in that and, and I always did user research and combined that with validation and experimentation. Um, so that was my benefit, I guess. Uh, but 
I focused way too much on that process alone and totally forgot to focus um, um, on, on uh, communicating this within the company that I worked at or the client that I worked for and, and, and only focus, okay, we need to do uh, this many experiments or this many uh, user, user tests or we need to reach uh, XYZ uplift. Um, but it's really important um, maybe 10 years ago, even more than it is now, but uh, uh, but still, I think it's really important that you uh, get buy-in from, from the rest of the company. Not not everyone gets experimentation. Not everyone gets uh, uh, what you're doing. And if they don't get it, uh, you might not get people to work with you or uh, they might even work against you if, if, if you're unlucky. Um, or in the end, um, no one's getting what you're, what you're doing and there's no budget to expand your team or worse, <laughs> you get fired. Uh, or you get moved to some other project that you don't want. Um, I think that's uh, that's that's a big thing that I learned. That's that's uh, that's a really big part of experimentation because it's it's so for many people it's really unnatural. I mean, I have and that's that's something we learn actually. I mean, we we start off our we start our lives off very, being very experimental. I mean, I have two little kids, one uh, two boys. One is three and one is uh, ten months now. They are very experimental. <laughs> when, we, when we go to school, we we, we kind of unlearn that uh, experimental side of us, and and, and we we start learning. Um, okay, there's a that that's that's that often happens in school. You you, you learn that there's an answer to questions, <laughs> and there's only one answer. And in business life, that's usually not the case. <laughs> there might not be an answer at all, or there might be many answers, and it's very unclear. And and that's that's um, uh, a very different uh, situation than just um, uh, doing sums or or exercises at school. And that's that's a, a, a skill that you need to, as a zero person, that you need to relearn. Uh, but you need to be aware. A lot a lot of other people in your in the company might not might not like that. They might uh, be uh, offended by that. I mean, if you, if you get into an e-commerce company as a CRO specialist, and there are a lot of people there, there are content writers, there are designers, there are people creating these marketing campaigns. And for them, it might feel like, oh, now we have this person checking our job, <laughs> uh, checking if it actually worked. Does my uh, campaign work? Does my content work? Does my design Im actually improve the numbers? And to um, what extent it works? Yeah, and um, uh, you need to make clear to them that you're there to help them. And then, yeah, in the short term, it might hurt a bit, <laughs> but hopefully, in the end, like after a year, you can help them. You can you can say that to that designer, "Hey, I, I, I'm going to help you prove that your designs indeed uh, improve uh, our, our whatever KPI we are optimizing for, and uh, that you're that you're there to help them, help the company, and help them." Uh, and and you're not there to um, to criticize their job, but uh, but a lot of people see it uh, or can see it that way, and that's that's can be a tricky one. So a lot of communication that you need to do um, uh, there. Uh, a second fail or learning um, is that um, you, you really need to make it, it's easy to dive in at a company and then I just start optimizing conversion rate. I mean, that's the most obvious one, right? I mean, we, the whole industry that we're in, the, the, the job titles that I had, it's conversion rate optimization specialist, zero specialist. Let's focus very much on that conversion rate as a KPI, but that's, that might not be, well, probably isn't the, the most interesting uh, KPI to focus on. Uh, you might be, uh, you might want to reconsider that. Uh, it might be more focused on profit or market share. 
And my tip there would be uh, to uh, to talk with your either CFO or finance team or bi, uh, uh, BI team, learn, talk to them and, and learn from them what are they looking at. Um, and they probably don't care about newsletter opt-in rates. Uh, they care about much different things. And, and, and you need to figure out what that is and then translate that back to the website that you're working on and, and try to focus on that. And that, those are the measures that management really cares about. And that's something you need to, um, need to figure out as soon as possible. Maybe uh, if I if I can uh, translate this thing into maybe simple words, if my take uh, as a CRO specialist, you quantify all the efforts, marketing team, sales team, and whatever uh, efforts those are for branding, maybe, and uh, how how it is helping us, and to what extent it is uh, working out. Maybe yep. that way you quantify the things as a CRO yep. specialist. Okay, so if I consider only about the website, Guido, so where would you start your optimization efforts? So how do you start your optimization efforts? Um, well, th this might again be my bias as a, as a psychologist and a user research, but I always start with uh, just talking to, to users, to, to, to customers, try to figure out where they are getting stuck. For me, uh, and I spend a lot of time in Google Analytics, uh, for example, but but still, it's easier for me just to go out to a couple of customers and, and figure out why they are not converting or why they are interested in this product or in this company, why they are on this website, or um, or you could broaden your research and to um, and not necessarily your customers, but to the to potential customers, then say, okay, why are they buying at a competitor and not at your website? And that gives you so much more insights, uh, so much faster. Uh, and I think uh, the why is really important there. I mean, um, sure, Google Analytics can tell you where people are getting stuck. And then I know, okay, people are getting stuck on the product detail page. Okay, that's nice. But <laughs> I want to, you need to know the why to, in order to fix it. Um, and the problem might not, the, the tricky thing is that if you see drop-offs in Google Analytics in a funnel on the product detail page or in a checkout or whatever, the problem might not necessarily be on that specific page. It might be earlier that they're that they have an expectation of something. That when once they get to that page, that expectation is not met, um, and then they then they bounce for that. So, for example, you could have um, you could have a, on the product detail page uh, not communicate any um, uh, transportation fees, for example, delivery fees. So you so the consumer might assume, hey, oh, this product is fifty euros. Um, I need to spend 50 euros on it. And then I go to the, to the checkout page and then only there to find out, oh yeah, you also have 20 euros uh, delivery fee. Yeah, uh, shit, that's much more, that, that's a really significant uh, part of this, uh, of the product. Then they might bounce and so Google Analytics tells you, oh yeah, people are bouncing on the, on the checkout page. You need to do something there. Uh, well, the problem might be much, much, uh, much earlier. And so that's why I like to, focus on, on doing some user research, some, some exploratory user research to figure out why people are buying here, why are they not buying here, why are they the buying at competitors, um, and, and, and yeah, what, what, what's the thought process going through the, through actually buying something? And that usually gives me enough uh, work to, um, uh, for experiments and uh, follow-up experiments for a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially at the first, if it's if, if they're not optimized at all, if this is the first time working with a zero usability specialist, uh, that usually um, gives you a lot of uh, input already. 
uh, with your experience, can you name any uh, any of the biggest hurdles for visitors uh, not converting on, from the website itself? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot. I mean, if, if you look at average conversion rates, uh, maybe that's uh, depending a bit, a bit on your uh, on, on the sector that you're in. Maybe it's 2%, 4%, maybe it's half a percent uh, conversion rate. Well, that means over 95% of the, of the visitors is not converting, right? So that's <laughs> that's really bad, actually, if you compare that to offline stores. Um, I mean, even, even the... Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, even the, even the best stores uh online only have like um, um maybe 50 60 percent conversion rate and then i'm talking about like online supermarkets they have a really high conversion rate uh but even if, if you like 60 percent, but if you think about it how many people do you see walking out of a supermarket without a bag of groceries mm. not many right i mean if you go to a, a physical grocery you, you're gonna buy or, you're gonna buy something or else i can put up in these words i i am going to the grocery shop for the two maybe two to four things and I'm buying more than 10 things. So yeah, that's even that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really good as, uh, at uh, cross-selling you uh, anything that you actually didn't write down on your on your grocery list. <laughs> but you, I mean, I mean, almost 100% of the people who walk out of a grocery store with, uh, with uh, um, uh, stuff in their um, uh, basket. Um, so compared to uh, online, um, uh, comparing online, offline, uh, online is, is doing a, a bad job if you just look at conversion rates. I mean, there of course, obviously there are reasons for this, and there are definitely big benefits with going online. If you only look at conversion rates, um, online is doing a, a bad job. So yeah, that's that's apparently a lot of things are stopping them from converting. I think one of the things that we attract it's easier to attract uh, uh, customers. That's one side of the equation, of course. I mean, it's really easy to get traffic to your website. Uh, much easier than get to get someone uh, in your physical store. So the hurdle uh, in the physical store is much higher. So um, uh, if it's the easier it is to get someone to your website or in your store, the the lower the conver overall conversion rate will be. Um, and but uh, I, th I think one of the biggest things uh, that stops them converting that you're that you that's really hard to emulate also in a user test uh, is that people are not necessarily focused on you. They're not they're not concentrated. Uh, only on you. They have a lot of things going on. And um, um, if, if we if you continue the example with uh, uh, the shopping basket, uh, it, it sometimes takes my girlfriend like three days <laughs> to place the order because yeah, it, it's a big list. She has to, she has to go through. I uh, need to check oh, oh, what's in the fridge. Then something happens with work. Uh, she needs to go back to a call from work, and then oh, and then it's too late. And you need to pick up the the kids from from daycare, and then the day the day is gone. And the next day you add another uh, a couple of things to the list. And people are distracted all the time, and um, and that's something that you need to consider um, with your store. I mean, it's it's easy to just think, oh yeah, people are on my website, and this is the only thing they see, and the only thing. They are currently thinking about that's that's probably not the case so you need to make sure um that you accommodate for these things and and especially especially for the for the uh example with my girlfriend offering over ordering over a period of three days technically you need to make sure that your basket is still valid after those days <laughs> that you don't <laughs> empty empty someone's basket after after an hour after one hour this that can be really annoying for a lot of people because they're it, it sometimes just for some people it just takes time uh, to consider things. It's also when you um, 
I don't know, when you when you order stuff uh, for your house, you might you some people might use their their uh, baskets more like a wish list or something to consider. Maybe you're Decide looking for what what to go for and what not to go for. Yeah, maybe you're looking for I don't know new ceiling lights, and then in your basket you you just put in like ten ten lights, and you're not gonna buy ten. You you're only interested in one, but you you use that as a sort of shopping list to see okay these are my ten favorites now. <laughs> uh, still need to think and and. Well, for the example of ceiling lights, uh, you might not be the, the only person living in that uh, in that uh, room. So you think, okay, I've, I've now decided this, uh, or, or I create this short list. I need to go back with my partner or with my family or my roommates to discuss. Hey, which one do you like? And then, then they maybe don't like it, and then they also want to go to maybe that website. Or in, in the worst case scenario for you as a seller, maybe they want to go to another website. And and. These all kind, all these kind of distractions are horrible for you, <laughs> as uh, as as when when you sell something online. But if if you can accommodate that, if you can make that much easier for them, like I said, if if you can just extend that shopping basket, if that's still valid after three days, uh, that that can be really important. That you can remind people when they come back after two days, uh, send them a reminder in the email, or when they come back to the website, saying, "Hey, uh, we still have your uh, uh, products." Can we help you decide in some way or, or provide them with information that helps them to decide? Uh, that, that will be really helpful. I think that's that's a big a big thing you need to uh, remember when, when you're designing those those experiences. And that probably, very likely, you're not the main thing on their mind or definitely not the only thing on their mind uh, at the moment. That's true. I can, I can relate like... Uh, as you said, psychology is one of the thing, uh, one of the main aspect uh, behind all this thing. So we need to consider it as one of the important aspect. Uh, even I can uh, now we can also uh, maybe consider and focus on these things when while we are uh, designing or maybe uh, going for an experimentation for our website. So that's that's the really important insight for me. Uh, from this like my take on this thing so and, uh, and, and, and and people are really bad at switching tasks right and we notice from a lot of psychology research we're not that great at, at doing a lot of things at the same time so if if we if we focus on one task um we can do it reasonably well uh, but if we add a, a second or a third or a fourth task we really <laughs> our performance really goes down quickly <laughs> Uh, but that, that's real life, and that's something that you need to consider. So, if you're, and that's that's uh, that's also when you design anything, consider uh, if if you have a lab situation with the perfect situation where people indeed focus only on your thing. When you do user research, yeah, they sit down with you maybe for an hour, and then your website is the only thing, and um, and that makes it a bit tricky to do user research on this. But then um, you need to consider that that in real life situation that might not be the case. That's true. And uh, like to fight with these distractions, what is your methodology to uh, break that two uh, percent and four percent of conversion rate and just uh, lift it up as a CRO specialist? Yeah. I think, uh, well, doing that research in the first place and then uh, trying to tackle all those usability issues. Uh, try to tackle them uh, one by one. Focus on that process uh, of of uh, uh, gathering those uh, user insights, 
uh, and then basically the whole CRO process is designed to do this, right? Uh, gather those insights, uh, figure out where people are getting stuck. That's one, where they are getting stuck. Uh, figure out why they are getting stuck. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the second factor there. And then uh, diligently go through the CRO process and validate, uh, figure out what can I do to make this better? And then validate if it actually if it actually works better for for your users, um, and um, uh, and again while doing this you need really need to make sure that you're working on the right right KPIs. Uh, again, conversion rate might not be the might not be the best one. I mean, I've I've spoken to a lot of companies and, and starting zero uh, uh, people uh, uh, saying that conversion rate is their, is their main focus and and that's the, that's what they want to improve but if you i mean it's 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 a stupid example but if you, if your conversion rate is 2% and you say okay we, we want to double it next year well then just block the worst half of your traffic uh, and your conversion rate will go up uh, i mean a block i mean a really bad performing affiliate marketing campaign uh, that has uh, 0.001% conversion. Block block all that traffic, and your conversion rate will go up. That's probably not what you, necessarily what you want to do. Um, maybe you still want to uh, stop that uh, affiliate campaign. Um, but it's not only about conversion rate. It's also about uh, the the profit that you make or the market share that you have, um, um, the, the 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 number of customers that you have, the number of returns that you have, uh, and and it all. Uh, culminates to to um, uh, hopefully something that you can translate into uh, a customer lifetime value, and that that those are things that are way those are a bit harder to measure, but they are way more important than just conversion rate. Um, and if you focus on that, uh, it, it might be hard after a year to tell to your manager, your e-commerce manager, or director, or whatever who you report to, saying, yeah, yeah, we did, uh, um, I don't know. We did 50 tests and five of them uh, improved uh, the conversion rate. Then he just looks at uh, the revenue and says, well, where is it? <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> and that's why you need to talk to uh, to your CFO or uh, or finance team to figure out, okay, what are the metrics they're actually looking at? Uh, and then focus on that and see if you can improve those. So and, uh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, please, please. Um, one one uh, important tip here might be that you you are not working, uh, or, or you 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 translate what you do, um, and don't necessarily call it conversion uh, rate optimization or optimization to begin with, uh, but call it risk risk management instead. And um, um, people and and your manager might be one of those. Uh, people are usually um, more scared to lose something they already have. Than to mm -hmm. potentially win something in the future. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a, a psychology thing that if it, if it's already mine, I, I, I'm really hesitant to give it up. Um, and and with optimization, you can frame it in the, in a similar way. And if it's risk management, you can say, okay, maybe some people uh, in your company are hesitant uh, or, or a bit against running experiments, right? Mm -hmm. You can tell them, well, you're actually already running experiments. You're doing it all the time. You have a content team, you have a design team, you have a development team. Continuously, day by day, we make multiple changes to our websites. We, we publish different uh, products, uh, we publish different uh, text for those products, we do different campaigns. Those are all experiments. Um, but the, the, the funny thing is you're not validating them. And that's what you can help with as a CRO specialist in validating if those changes actually make a difference. And then it might 
hopefully that helps it click in their mind that oh shit yes i am changing all the <laughs> all things all the time and uh, i have no idea what those changes bring and um it, many of those changes might not uh, do anything uh, which means you're basically wasting your time maybe 80% of your company is making changes that don't impact anything um and and um and, and if that's not scary enough, you can tell them, well, maybe uh, there's 10% or 20% of those changes that we do uh, that actually perform worse than we have right now. And that's a big, big, big risk, right? So if you can frame it that way, uh, some managers might be convinced to, uh, to give you some more budgets uh, <laughs> to validate things. Makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, maybe we are a limited, uh, we have limited time. So I wanted to uh continue with this session maybe off the record uh i'll maybe i'll ask some more questions we do but uh coming to the last note uh what kind of training and educational resources or anything that keeps you updated with uh cro marketing what would you recommend to entry-level cro fellow uh fellow uh yeah CRO person? um well I, th I think the one uh thing that, um, um, that that stands out uh, in our industry is uh, a conversion excel uh, cxl.com uh, they have a lot of uh, training material uh, on this they're really focused uh, on that uh, a lot the last uh, uh, five six years uh, i mean it was originally an agency that that's and and uh, the training part education part became so large that they spun off the agency as uh, spiro and, uh, and cxl continued as the training institute there's a lot, a lot of info there. The the technical sites on there with, I don't know how to how to manage your GA or your Google Tag Manager, um, all the technical analytics stuff is in there. Um, but there's also a lot of um, more the management stuff on how to run an uh, experimentation program, how to do user research. It's all in there. So they have, they have several uh, mini degrees. There's hundreds of courses, and they have like I don't know, five six mini degrees. Um, and if you want to dive into these, uh, that, that's definitely a really valuable source uh, for anyone starting or um, um, an experience. I think uh, last year I've, I've also done, um, yeah, last year I've done a, another mini degree there. Uh, so yeah, and I really enjoy, uh, really enjoy doing that and learning it uh, that way. Yeah. Great. And um, any uh, last advice uh, that you recommend that it would be it would have been great if you have got this advice uh, before uh, in early of your careers um i would say uh, uh join a team with with someone that's already experienced in this that would be nice hmm. uh at the beginning of my career i i uh, i often was um, both when at the agency and then being and being uh, planted at uh, uh, clients, or, um, or or when working at uh, the the client side, I was often the first one uh, there or the, the only one there doing um, not not in e-commerce but doing doing zero doing experimentation. And I had to do, figure out a lot of things uh, on my own, uh, which works fine, but it's much faster. <laughs> I mean, it, it gives you a really deep understanding of, of why things happen the way they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's much faster if you if you can learn from someone like that. Um, uh, so uh, you know, start, if you if you want to grow in your career, uh, do those courses. But definitely uh, get the get the practice practical experience too, and, and and join a team where you're not the only one doing zero. Mm -hmm. um, 
Okay, that was really nice one. And uh, basically, I got many insights like how psychology is related, how uh, understanding your customer is a very, very crucial part uh, once you consider your convergence. And uh, maybe, uh, as you said, going with if you're starting with your career, going with a team which has experienced uh, experienced um, maybe employees that that will really help you uh, go fast and uh, grow fast in your career. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks and, for uh, what we do. You, you, need, you need to know the rules before you can break them, right? So that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's the idea behind that, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Vido. That is point to be noted. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.